Hey, everybody. Welcome to the MLB Extras Nationals podcast. I'm Tim McMaster, along with Jamal Collier, our Nationals reporter. And Jamal, we're going to start this podcast just like we're going to start every podcast for quite a while, I think, at least until the winter meetings. And that is talking about, yes, Bryce Harper. He is a free agent. <laughs> now, the Nationals have given him the qualifying offer, and we expect that he will then turn down that qualifying offer, um, the $17.9 million $1 deal. Um, well, and that, at least it sets the Nationals up to the point where if Bryce Harper does go ahead and sign elsewhere, you would assume he will be signing for more than $50 million, and that would mean the Nationals will get the best pick you can get in that scenario, which is right at the end of the first round, I believe. Uh, I think, well, because they went over the competitive uh the luxury tax uh, here, the competitive balance tax, they're actually going to get penalized a little bit worse than that. Um, okay. So the, from what I, the way I understand it, and it, you know, it's, obviously it's not the easiest <laughs> kind of rule to follow, but um, they're going to be looking at something, you know, if, if Bryce Harper signs the contract that he's expected, they'll probably get something around the fourth round, somewhere in picks around like 90 to 100-ish. Um, okay, that's but, not great. So it's not it's not as good as it was. Remember a couple of years ago, and it was kind of the, that free agents kind of got tied down a little bit by that that luxury tax and having to give up a first round pick or even somewhere right after the first round. Um, so I think that they've kind of softened it since then. And, and again, because the Nats also have the the, the luxury tax element um, that they really don't, you know, they're not going to get a whole whole lot. They will get something, you know, if if, if Harper doesn't resign. But yeah, it's not a, it's not a, a great return or anything close to the kind of player you're going to be losing. Yeah, and the newer CBA, everything got really complicated as far as that goes. It depends on, you mentioned it, with going over the luxury tax and also the type of contract that a player signs. Yeah. And, and it, it's quite a quite a list of factors. But okay, yes. so fourth round. I've spent maybe like a you know, 30 minutes or an hour kind of looking through some of those little uh, <laughs> details uh, so far. So it's not been a very exciting, this is Friday for me, so far <laughs> going over the details of this uh, collective bargaining agreement. Well, hopefully things look up over the weekend for you. Uh, I think it'll be a little time, though, before we know for sure, obviously, where Bryce Harper is going. We talked about it, I think, in the past. That's what Scott Boris said. He says he knows knows where he's going, and (laughs) and, uh, he's waiting for Bryce to tell us what he said on Yes Network and and stole headlines a couple days ago. (laughs) Yeah, he told that to Michael Kay, and everybody didn't realize that. Yeah, not realizing that. Hey, he's probably kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we will find out sure. And I mean, the winter meetings being in Vegas, uh, certainly there's going to be a lot of excitement around Harper, who is from Vegas and, and all of that as well. So the, we'll keep monitoring that situation. Um, pretty quiet as of now, um, as far as where he's going to go. But the Nationals have made moves already very early on. Uh, the big thing the Nationals need to do this offseason is rebuild that bullpen. And man, Jamal, they're not wasting any time finalizing a deal here. They're they're working on finalizing a deal for Trevor Rosenthal. And people in baseball know that name. Trevor Rosenthal was obviously a, a very effective closer for a number of years with the St. Louis Cardinals. He missed the entire 2018 season with Tommy John surgery. But he did a workout at UC Irvine and by all accounts wowed everybody that was in attendance, right? Yeah, you're touching uh, you know upper nineties and, and even you know as, as high as hundred mile an hour on that fastball at that workout. So yeah, people came away really impressed from that. 
and he gets a deal that is at least one year with the Nationals, but I guess a possibility for two. From what you've heard, nothing is official yet. But how does this contract kind of break down with the Nats? Yeah, again, this was it was. I think there's going to be a whole lot of incentives and bonuses tied to uh, games, and if he becomes a closer and, and and just things like that. So I think that's you know, that's like with the physical, what it got coming on Tommy John, who hasn't pitched in in, in 13 months, is also just difficult. So I, you know, this one is is still not final, and, and probably won't be final until some point next week. Uh, but you know, it, it does seem like they do have the framework. They have, they do have the framework together. That they've kind of push together through one deal here about I think it's about seven million or so for the one year and then it can kind of kick in and become more uh going forward but um I actually really like this deal um at, at first I was probably a little like when I first heard the name Trevor Rosenthal I was I was guess, a little underwhelmed I mean he just was was he had, was not very good really for the, the those year and maybe year and a half or so in St. Louis at the end there before having the surgery so you're talking about a guy who's probably you know, two or three, three years at this point, and by the time next season starts removed from, uh, you know, really his best seasons, but he's still a guy who's not even going to be 30 yet. You're taking a chance on a, a one-year deal at, at worst here. And of course, you know, the old saying about no bad one-year deals. Um, and, and the fact is the Nats are going to have to rebuild this bullpen. And, you know, I don't want to say they have to do it on the fly, but, you know, they can't just go out and throw money at the two or three biggest relievers. I mean, they could definitely do that, but I don't think that, that that's not how they're going to operate just because of the, the you know, we talked about Harper and, and obviously the money they may have to commit to him. Uh, you know, they need a starting pitcher. They need a second baseman. They need a catcher. So just, they have so, at some point, they're going to have to find ways to find bounce back guys and bargain guys and guys who might come back you know, come a little bit on, the, I don't say the cheap end, but at least at a bit of a discounted price. And I think if you're getting a little bit of Rosenthal, who could be an elite level closer, and, uh, who throws 100 miles an hour and has got closing experience, it can be in the, the, your bullpen with uh, uh, Sean Doolittle as a kind of really valuable piece. And, you know, you might not get him for very much if, if you know, because you're taking a chance, got a, a guy coming off Tommy John. And the Nats have never been afraid of Tommy John surgery. Um, they've drafted guys who come off it. They've signed guys who come off it. They, you know, they feel pretty good about their process and the way they take care of guys coming off that surgery. So um, the more I think about it, the more I really like the move that it seems like a pretty low risk and high reward. If you hit, um, you kind of found a really, really valuable bullpen piece that you needed. And he's obviously going to be uh, motivated because there's some chances of, depending on how he pitches, that second year kicks in and it's worth a lot more money. Or the Nats buy him out, he's a free agent, and depending on how he does, he could cash in in another year. So certainly lots for him to prove. And it seems like a perfect storm because you mentioned it, the Nats never afraid of Tommy John surgery, guys. And he's a Scott Boris guy. And the Nationals once again show that maybe more than any other team in Major League Baseball, they – have successful negotiations with Scott Boris. Yeah, I really should have seen this coming. Now that I look at all the warning signs here <laughs> between the Scott Boris and and and, and, uh, and the Tommy John here and the need for a reliever. I mean, this was a slam dunk. Uh, so <laughs> anybody else that has a profile like that, uh, come over to, to South Capitol Street. They're there. They're waiting for you. <laughs> you mentioned Sean Doolittle. They pick up his option. That was a no-brainer, right, considering what they need to do in that bullpen? Yeah, I, I, I never, I've got so many numbers in my head that I forget exactly what that – I think it was $6 million for his option, yeah. uh, which is nothing. I think if we're talking about Trevor Rosenthal right now, it, coming out Tommy John is probably going to get more than that <laughs> for when you're dealing the open yeah. market. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of went under the radar a little bit because Doolittle – um, you know, it's missed the two months with that kind of weird freak uh, foot injury. And, and I think that every, it, it, you know, he, he went out, he went out around the all-star break. 
um, and was, you know, kind of was going to be an all-star and, and probably at that game at Nationals Park probably would have been closing that game or pitching somewhere prominently there. So he could have been probably honored there. And then you know, he misses two months as the team falls apart and, and, and falls out of the playoffs. So it has this, I think I, I just at least haven't they've been able to spend a lot of time on uh, kind of just pointing out how really good of a season he had <laughs> when he was on the mound. I mean, it was, you know, career best stuff. I think he, he had like six walks and, and 60 or some or so strikeout. I, I'm trying to get the exact numbers here, but, um, you know, he was, he was as, as best as he's ever, as good as he's ever been. And I think, you know, the frustrating thing for him was uh, his, his arm and his elbow felt great. And he, in his shoulder, and I mean, he's, he's had just a, a number of injuries and, and been to the DL kind of throughout his career, but um, he said he really had no problems with that at all. And it was this kind of weird freak foot injury they thought would keep him out for 10 days or, or two weeks and end up missing two months and never kind of got better. But yeah, I mean, it's a guy who's, you know, 60 strikeouts, six walks, uh, you know, put together the, the, the 25 saves, 160 ERA, um, and just it was it was kind of crazy where we gone here at Nats Park about a year ago or two years ago, really, um, when the bullpen was such a mess and it was such a, you know, they didn't know who exactly was going to be closing the ninth and how they'd be getting through you know, these games. And they now kind of have Doolittle set up. He's got opt- you know, the option this year. He's got an option next year um, that's also at an affordable price. Um, he could kind of take over here as a, as a pretty stalwart in the back end of this pen and, and be here uh, for kind of a number of years. And um, something they just something that they haven't had as far as closers, any kind of stability, any kind of reliable guy they can go to each and every day. Now, I'm saying all that and to say that, uh, you know, closers are just very volatile. And, and obviously, the, the, you know, these things kind of go year to year in general. But right now, they feel pretty good about where their bullpen is because they have Doolittle as the anchor in the back. Yeah, I think I remember reading a Mike Petriello article in June in which he, from a StatCast standpoint, obviously Mike is our guy that's into those numbers and everything, was making the case that Sean Doolittle was the best closer in baseball through the first few months of the year. So it was impressive, and hopefully he can get back to that. Now, it came out today, Major League Baseball, that officially the only two teams that went over the luxury tax for 2018 were the Red Sox, who... I'm sure I have no problem with that considering they won the World Series championship and the Nats are the other team. Now, you look at this Nationals team and obviously there's a lot in question this offseason with the number that they may have to dole out to Bryce Harper to keep him. Um, but there's a window here for the Nats. Despite the the struggles in 2018 and, and where they finished, I think there's still a, a viewpoint that with some moves, this is a team that can contend. Uh, for a championship, for a division title. So while this window is open, Jamal, are they going to continue to go past that luxury tax, or is there uh, is there a goal or a plan in place to to scale it back a little? Yeah, I think you know this is this is the kind of tricky part here, and this is kind of what I alluded to is why I like the Rosenthal and the bullpen moves because you know basically they 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 do not want to be as, as high as they were payroll wise this year. Um, I think that it was kind of a, a combination of a lot of things why they the payroll was as high as it is and, and obviously trying to compete, um, you know, the way they have over the past, you know, seven or eight years, um, has led to that. But, uh, the, the biggest thing I think for, for them is, is they want to still be competitive, but they want to do that at a kind of a reasonable number and, and do that. I do that at a, a number that's under that tax to not kind of afford, uh, avoid paying these penalties, you know, more and more in, in, in the, uh, going forward. So, you know, they have a lot of money coming off the books this, this year, um, you know, not only the Harper's Harper's twenty some million that they don't have to account for it whether they resign him or not, but Harper, Gio Gonzalez, Daniel Murphy, 
you know, Jason Worth contract came off a couple of years or two years ago now. Um, you have, there was this one, Matt Wieters' money is gone, Ryan Madsen was making 10, you know, $10 million. So just there's a lot of just kind of little things that, you know, they have somewhere, I believe it was you know, 80 or 90 million or maybe more than that, just from last year alone that's gone. Um, so they're going to have to reinvest some of that, whether they re-sign whether Bryce or not. But I think still you're going to look at a, a number that's going to be from about, um, you know, 230 or even 200 or so they were last year. They probably want to get that down somewhere to it's best, definitely under the 197 uh, for the, the luxury tax. But, you know, as, as low as it's probably I don't even want to throw an exact number here, but I, they definitely want to try to cut back a little bit. And I think that you could see them be aggressive and, and go over that number again if, if it kind of comes down to it. But, um, you know, I would be surprised if they start the season next year, any even really close to approaching that number um, in case they go, unless an unforeseen spending spree comes up this offseason. And as you mentioned, I guess the good news for fans is while they are scaling back and and fans don't like to hear that, there's plenty of room to do it and still spend money. So definitely something to keep an eye on. And getting under that luxury tax is a huge help for the future years. So keep that in mind as well. All right, Jamal, great stuff. We're going to keep monitoring all these stories and more throughout the offseason. For Jamal Collier, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in to the MLB Extras National Podcast. <laughs>